welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast, and I am so excited to announce that my bliss project event tickets are up for sale. So you guys can reserve your spot now. And please know that this event sells out fast. It sold out in two to three weeks last year. So if you want to reserve your spot for this three-day life-changing event, if you are ready to accelerate your life and your goals and step into the person that you know that you are, this is your time. It's going to be hundreds and hundreds of women. Come and meet your tribe. It is time to up-level. We want to meet you. It is calling you. Go to the blissproject.info to reserve your spot now for three days of the reference point for the rest of your life. It is time to try on that new version of you to know exactly how it feels, what it's like, and to do it in a safe community. So go check it out because I cannot wait to meet you. And today I am thrilled to have Dave Asprey on the show. I literally have waited for over six months to try to get him on and it did not disappoint. I'm so excited for you guys to learn all of this info. Dave is the founder and CEO of Bulletproof Coffee and Bulletproof, a high-performance coffee and food company, the creator of Bulletproof Coffee, host of the Webby Award, winning podcast Bulletproof Radio, and a two-time New York Times best-selling author. And he has a new book, Headstrong, which focuses on simple tips to have a smarter, faster, more resilient brain. And he provides groundbreaking techniques to give you control of your biology so that you can reach a state of high performance. And truly, this podcast talks all about simple hacks that you can do to feel more energy, to feel sharper, and to truly cut down on time in your workouts and in your sleep. I mean, this is, it's mind blowing the different things that he shares. And I have gotten to see him speak a few times and he often um, shares the stage with Tony Robbins. So exciting, you guys. And that is where I got to see him one of the places. And I have used a lot of these tools and implemented them that he shares. And I share that on the podcast. So if you guys want to know some of the major tips that I have used that have changed my life, definitely listen all the way to the end. And something that I appreciate, Dave, is he's so witty and he's so real and he's so down to earth. And I know that he's a self-proclaimed nerd and that might be my favorite thing about him is he makes all of this tough, big science talk so tangible, easy, and usable. So let's get started. Dave, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. 
It's my pleasure. I am just over the moon excited because I have been, we just chatted briefly before this, but I have gotten to hear you speak quite a few times. And also, um, I just love everything that you're doing. So I can't wait to share this with all of my audience. So just for people who maybe have been living under a rock for a while, could you just share a little bit about your story and how you got into what you're doing right now? Absolutely. Uh, I have been a successful Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur. I was at the company that held Google's first server when they were just two guys in a computer and, and the Facebook before they became Facebook <laughs> and, and things like that. Uh, and I hit 300 pounds even before I started working in Silicon Valley. I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week, half weights, half cardio. I went on a, a low fat, low calorie diet while I was working out and I never lost the weight and I just felt like a failure. <laughs> like, mm. What is wrong with me? Yeah. And one day I just realized, okay, I'm doing everything they told me to do. It's not working. I'm going to have to learn how to do this myself. Uh, I lost half the weight and I started getting really bad cognitive function problems. I'm getting my MBA at Wharton. I'm working full time at a startup and, you know, burning the candle at both ends and my mm. brain's turning off like I'm, I'm having old person brain problems. Mm. And so I kind of experienced being old when I was young and I ended up joining an anti-aging nonprofit group. And I've been president or chairman for almost 20 years now, learning from these top experts. And about six years ago, I realized, well, I've spent $300,000 and countless hours learning how to manage my own biology so it'll do what I want. And I've lost 100 pounds of fat and I've turned my brain on and, and I'm becoming younger mm. and all these things. And it's not fair that I had to spend so much time and effort becoming an expert. And it's also not fair that I was fortunate as a young man that I made $6 million when I was 26 so I could do this. I was unfortunate that I lost $6 million when I was 28. <laughs> uh, but still, <laughs> in, in the meantime, uh, I, I did get to invest more than most people ever get to in first get, becoming healthy and then becoming something more than healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I wanted to write a blog that would have been helpful and changed my life if I would have read it when I was 20. And I figure maybe five people read this blog. I'm already a VP at a big company. I have stock options. I don't need a job or to start a company. I just wanted to, to help a few people who would have been stuck like I was. Mm -hmm. And now I reach 10 million people a month and I started creating products like Bulletproof Coffee, things that I wanted that I couldn't buy, coffee that wouldn't make me crash. And now it's become a movement. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just profoundly grateful. I wake up every day going, wow, I can't believe this is my life. I love your story and the fact that you took, you know, you already had something going on for yourself, but you became so passionate just about health and what you were able to do for yourself that you wanted to really create that for other people. And I, I can so relate. I come from a background where I was told my whole life that I was going to be heavy, like my whole family. So for me, it was like, I was bound and determined to figure out what on earth I could do to stop gaining weight as a teenager. So for you, when you started to, or when you did this huge transformation, what was one of the biggest things that just clicked for you compared to what wasn't working before? Well, I, I remember I had had a couple knee surgeries before I was 22. And so I decided I'm really going to get strong. And that was what motivated me to work out for an hour and a half a day, six days a week, and to be just religious about it. I didn't care if I was sick. I didn't care if I didn't get any sleep. I was going to hit the gym. Top, most important thing. Mm. And I'm sitting at Carl's Jr. 
uh, with, with my friends. And I'm having the chicken salad with no dressing. And they're eating Western bacon cheeseburgers with a side of onion rings. Mm. And I looked around <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I can max out every machine at the gym. Uh, and I'm I'm six four, and I'm you know I, I'm a, a I, I come from a family of strong people, even though we're all fat. <laughs> and uh, I I just said, wait a minute. I eat less than all my friends. I exercise more than all my friends. I can bench press my friends while they're eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> but like maybe it's not me. Like it was just this futile sense of failure. Like what else could I do? Like maybe I could eat only half the chicken salad with no dressing. Mm. Um, but. It turns out I was overtraining and I was actually doing harmful things to, to my body that way because that's what I'd been told to do. So it was that sense that it's not going to work. And I, I came across a, a bodybuilding magazine. And uh, now in the – this is – geez, going way back in the, the early to mid-90s in a farming community mm. in Northern California, I didn't know anyone in, in, in my circle of friends in my university who read bodybuilding magazines because – well, frankly, guys generally didn't look at pictures of other guys in bikinis. <laughs> uh, like, like this is seriously, this was a problem back then. Uh -huh. So I'm, I'm at a coffee shop having my five shots of espresso to try and stay awake. And I, I picked up this magazine and, and they're like, how to have a six pack abs. And I'm like, I'll take that magazine because I have a six pack flab and I just, I want to know. So I open it up and they're like, sugar makes you fat. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no. And so I was like, this is interesting. So I, I inadvertently cut gluten out of my diet and went on a, it wasn't even a low carb diet, just a, a lower carb diet. And I, my personality changed because I turned off some inflammatory pathways. I became a nicer person. I lost half my hundred pounds. The other 50 pounds took me about seven or eight years of focused biohacking to understand what was going on. Uh, but that really, I was like, wait, my brain changed and I needed new pants. That's interesting. <laughs> oh man, I love that. So you talk a lot about um, just cravings and how it's not something maybe where you feel like you're failing. And also, you know, it, just talking about sugar, like I don't know if you did anything for this last holiday, the 4th of July, <laughs> but I, you know, I ate how I typically do not eat. And I'm not kidding you. Like once you start living a healthy life, and I know that you know this, it's like when you put that back in your system for a couple days or even for one day, it was like, I felt like a different human being. I mean, I didn't even recognize my personality for like two days and I just had to apologize to like my husband. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. I don't feel like myself. So could you talk a little bit about that? The food that we're putting into our bodies sure. and how do we control those cravings even when we feel like it's who we are? My most recent book, Headstrong, uh, which I, I was I was really stoked. It hit the New York Times bestseller science list, like oh like God, for awesome. hardcore. <laughs> I, was, I was like, whoa! It was supposed to be an advice book, like uh, blew me away. But the reason it did that is I go into these things called mitochondria in mm. in your body, and these are ancient bacteria. There's about a quadrillion of them in your body, and there's more of them than there are cells in your body, and more of them than there are bacteria in your gut even, and they are still wired like ancient bacteria, and their goals are run away from, kill, or hide from anything scary, eat everything, and have sex with everything else, <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, and so those are our behaviors too, but when you have a quadrillion little bacteria helping to influence your behaviors, that's what we wanna do. And, and the cravings are very different from hunger. And I can tell you, as an obese person, I did not know the difference between hunger and a craving. Because when you're hungry, it means you're ready to kill someone around you and eat them, and you feel like you're gonna die if you don't eat. <laughs> that's actually a craving. Mm -hmm. And What's happening there is when your 
cells are starved of energy because of a blood sugar crash or because you had a toxin come into your body that increased demand for blood sugar, especially in the brain, your body will send you a signal that says, you know what? Eat the cookie, like eat anything, like go out and find some sugar. Mm -hmm. And sugar is the fastest source of energy available. And since, well, your body believes it's going to die if it doesn't get some sugar right now, you feel like you're going to die. And then you, you get this craving. And no matter how strong your willpower is, I used to have this conversation with myself. I remember the company I worked for would always have these plates of cookies in the mid-afternoon. They were like good quality cookies too, like Whole Foods cookies. And they'd put them there and I'd be like, oh, I'm doing Zone or Atkins or you know, whatever I'm, I'm working on. I'm trying these different diets. I'm not going to have the cookie today. I'm a good person. I'm in charge of myself. And you sit there and you have the conversation in your head. You're, you get the, the craving that says eat the cookie. And you go, no. And then the body's like, eat the cookie. And you say, no. And, and you go back and forth and pretty soon you're like, okay, I'll just have half, right? And, and then you feel like a loser, like I'm a bad person, like I'm not in charge of myself, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And what actually happened is that those little bastard mitochondria that are in there, they are the ones that control your willpower. They make the energy that, that gives you willpower to make decisions. And the more you said no, the less energy they gave you until you finally give in, you eat half the cookie because you ran out of willpower because you kept saying no and because they kept using your energy. So it's no wonder you ate the cookie. Mm-hmm. And the way to address that craving is to eat enough food and eat enough of the right kinds of non-inflammatory fats, including saturated fat. And when you do that in your last meal, when someone puts the cookies in front of you, there should be no voice in your head that says eat the cookie. You look at the cookie and go, nah, I have enough energy. And when you do that, you are liberated. Like life is different. I don't experience cravings anymore. It's the most ridiculous thing. I, I do the stuff I talk about in Headstrong in the Bulletproof Diet. I, I Yes, I use Bulletproof Coffee that has a special oil that turns off cravings. And I put that oil in my food every meal. And you know what? I walk around this state of like, wow, people can walk up with a cupcake. And I'm like, no thanks. But it didn't cost me anything to say no thanks. It was just like, I just didn't want it. Versus, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to say no, but it's going to cost me. I can so, I so relate to that just because I have done a zillion diets too. And I'm from the Midwest. So, you know, I lived in upper Michigan and Wisconsin and Minnesota. And honestly, like when you went on a diet, it wasn't necessarily the good foods. It was, you know, like lean cuisine and hot pockets that were light. (laughs) All of the things that you want to eat like 25 of. And you're like, really, this is not working for me. Like the whole box of snack wells um, (laughs) is not working. The the best business model ever is to tell people eating a low calorie diet Mm. is going to make them thin. Because you know what happens? You eat a low calorie uh, snack. Mm -hmm. Low calorie means low energy. Mm. So then you're going to run out of energy. And when you run out of energy, you're going to get a a craving. And when you get a craving, you're going to reach for another snack. So it's like it's like getting you addicted. And I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's an emergent behavior, but it's mean. <laughs> it is totally mean because you feel like a crazy person. So when you first switched, did your did your mind play tricks on you? Because what happens to a lot of people, and we know this, it's like we have this idea, right, of this is how you do it. This is how it's done. So maybe you're, you know, when you started implementing higher fat things or whatever you did that really worked well for you, did you ever have this like that? attack in your brain like this isn't going to work. Oh my god, I'm eating way too much or, you know, anything like that. I was I was definitely concerned about this. 
And I mean, the Atkins diet, I have the book from the year I was born where <laughs> where Atkins is talking about a lot of these core principles. He didn't know about the right kinds of fat. He was like, eat any fat, eat artificial sweeteners. It doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, we, we've since learned more. But but the core principles are here. And that I have that kind of as motivation to say this isn't the first time this has been done. But the reason I wrote the Bulletproof Diet is that I found when I would eat certain foods, they would cause cravings. And they would also cause you to grow a muffin top that wasn't there the day before. And when you have a muffin top over your, your pants, you also have a muffin, a muffin top in your brain. Mm. And it's that fuzzy, foggy, high craving, like a little bit lethargic, maybe a little bit cranky. And, and you're just resistant to doing stuff the way you felt after you, you ate on the 4th of July, mm. right? It, it's that thing. We don't have to feel that way, even if we have foods that we really, really like. So you can make desserts that don't cause you to feel that way. Or you can have something that's made out of real food that has more sugar in it versus high fructose corn syrup and vegetable oil and other stuff you know, that the American Heart Association would tell you is good for you, even though it's not. Mm. So what do you think is the most common uh, health misconception that you hear all the time? The most common health misconception is that how you look and how much fat you have comes from exercise. Mm. Exercise is important, but food is more important. Mm -hmm. So if you don't exercise at all, you're not going to like what happens to you when you're old. But you can be lean and look pretty good just from what you put on your plate. And it's not about eating less. It's about eating the right things so you have enough energy and no cravings and stable hormones and less inflammation. Mm. And... So for me, I beat the crap out of myself in the gym. I mean, and look at you, Lori. You're, you're like a professional bodybuilder and, and like amazingly lean and ripped. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. I, I might be able to pull that off, but I, I, it would cost me in terms of all the other stuff I do in my life, like running a company and all. Oh, my God. But yeah. so, so great respect for the amount of willpower and energy you put into that. And you will never look the way you look without exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the average person who maybe has 30 pounds of extra weight, they can lose the 30 pounds just from food and have less cravings and more energy the whole time they do it without ever being hungry. Mm -hmm. No one ever told me that. And that, that was a big motivator for me. So uh, my time in the gym, yes, you want to spend some time there, but you, that's not the secret. It, that's mm -hmm. like the frosting on the cake. You got to get the cake right first. And the cake is what you put in your body or in this case, don't put in your body. Oh man, I have, I mean, I have experienced that firsthand, especially, you know, I used to do fitness all the time. And when I would get injured, maybe I would be, maybe if it was my back or something, I couldn't work out for like four weeks or I could walk. And it was like, it is time to focus just on nutrition. And it's like, your body is miraculous. If you feed it properly, you really, yeah, you can get away with not too much exercise. You know, it's really yeah. quite miraculous. I was like, huh, it really is like that 80, 20 rule. What do you know? So yeah, that was a really insane experience for me. So what do you, because, so this is, this is what you do. This is what you're obsessed with brain hacks, figuring out how to have a high functioning brain, feel good, have more energy. Do you ever get overwhelmed with all of the things that you learn and what, how do you know what you keep in your life? Like what are the top things that you keep in your life? Oh, that make I the biggest differences. I don't get overwhelmed because I'm constantly curious Yeah. and I just ask myself a question. Is it working? Is this going to work? Is this interesting? Is this related to something else? And, and the whole reason that I wrote a book on mitochondria, uh, which affects every system in the body, but you feel it first in your brain is like, I'm like, wait a minute, 
all these like tens of thousands of papers I've read, the uniting element is these mitochondria and they're driving our willpower and they're driving our brains and they're driving our reproduction and our fat storage and all this stuff. Like that's cool. So I don't get overwhelmed because like I love this stuff. Like this is this is what I would do in my spare time. <laughs> it's what I've always done in my spare time. And now it's my job. Amazing. But I have a, a million dollar biohacking laboratory underneath where I'm standing right now. Like my studio is on the second floor of a place that has cryotherapy of liquid nitrogen and all sorts of fancy equipment. That's a prototype for something we're opening next to the Bulletproof Coffee Shop in Santa Monica. So I have more equipment than I could use in every day, in a day. I have a neurofeedback set up from 40 years of Zen, which is this executive brain training center that I run. And it's like, I literally could spend eight hours a day improving myself and I'd probably like become superhuman and levitate or something if I really did that, but then I wouldn't be a good dad and I wouldn't be a good husband or a good author or a good podcaster or a good CEO and all the other stuff I like to do. So I'm constantly, at, constantly looking at this and I used to go through this thing where I'm like, well, I know all this stuff. If I don't do it all, I'm a bad person and I might miss out. And that FOMO is actually a voice in your head that says, you know, what if I do something wrong? What if I make a mistake? If I make a mistake, I'll be a bad person. If I'm a bad person, no one will love me. If no one loves me, I'll die. <laughs> okay, that is not a very useful voice in your head. And I trained that voice to shut up. <laughs> so I don't have a voice in my head telling me those things. I freely admit some of what I'm doing, especially when I'm experimenting, it might not work. I take 150 plus supplements a day because my goal is to live to 180 years or more. And I'm on a focused program to do that. You don't have to take that many supplements. Almost no one will do that. But I've chosen to do it partly because I'm a guinea pig. But I can tell you, I have the most expensive pee on the planet. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> right? Like some of the supplements, my body won't use them all. And I might waste some of it. But it's working. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. My number one advice for people. Do what works. And if you're doing a few extra things or you're not doing everything that works, that's okay. And rather than to be afraid of that, celebrate it. Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I did enough that I feel good today. My brain works. I have energy even though it's 10 o'clock at night and I've been working all day or I've been playing with my kids all day and I've done all the things I wanted to do and I still feel amazing and I can still be grateful before I go to bed. That's a hell of a win. And I did not have that when I was 25 years old. I love that. Okay. So that brings me to the point of it, you do what works for you. And I believe that I, I truly feel like that is something that I am like my own guinea pig well, as well. Like, okay, this works for me. This has been awesome. But do you see so often, even when you have people who have these incredible brain hacks and maybe are using your products or just eating amazing food, but they give up too soon. Like they give up before it has time to work. So what, what amount of time is that, you know, for you? How long do you wait? What do you tell people, especially if they are maybe trying something that you know has worked for you? Well, there are things that you feel right away. Mm -hmm. Do those. <laughs> like, Amen. If you're doing something, well, it's supposed to work. All you have to do is do it for three years. I promise you'll feel good. Well, okay. maybe there are more effective things. The reason that last year... <laughs> There were 48 million cups of Bulletproof coffee uh, wow. served in 20, whatever, last year was 2016. Uh, and there'll be a lot more this year. Wow. What's mm -hmm. going on there? Well, what's going on there is, well, you feel it the first day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in both of my books, in the Bulletproof Diet, it, it's three weeks. In Headstrong, there's a two-week program for turning your brain back on. It's two weeks. So, like, everyone can can afford to invest two weeks of time 
to do a few things different each day, like control your light exposure before bed and change the temperature of your shower and a bunch of other stuff, you know, exercise a little bit differently and, and things like that that are based on science to see if it works. And if at the end of two weeks you're like, okay, my brain actually does work better. I feel all this energy. I'm like, wow, I like how I feel. Cool. You, you found out what worked and then you can stop doing some of it and see if it still works. Mm. <laughs> What's the bare minimum that's going to give you the results you want? Do that. So what are some of the things that you would tell someone if they are just feeling not awesome right now? And, you know, maybe like the quickest hack to starting to feel better, because I do. Uh, it's like if you can get someone to feel a little bit more energy, it is game changing. And then you're going to take that next step. So what is something that you tell people right away if they're like, please help me make me feel better? All right. This is going to sound like a product plug. And please don't take it that way. I am going to suggest Bulletproof Coffee. Mm. And I'll tell you, the first blog post I wrote when I started Bulletproof was here's Bulletproof Coffee because it was the single most effective thing after like $300,000 and all of this stuff that I'd done. The vast majority of people within a half hour of drinking it are like, oh my God, I feel really different and better. And what's going on there is the coffee has polyphenols in it. And polyphenols are these signaling compounds, they're antioxidants, and your mitochondria use them to power themselves and to communicate with each other. It's really important. The second thing is it has brain octane oil, which is a, a bulletproof uh, kind of oil. It's extracted from coconut oil. It's much stronger than something called MCT oil. You can buy it at Whole Foods and online and at bulletproof.com and all over the place. And brain octane oil, within a half hour, raises ketones, this fat-burning molecules. All of these religious traditions out there say, oh, have a fasting period where you fast for a while. Fasting puts your body in a state of ketosis. It normally takes four days, but then you get this mental clarity that comes with it. Well, if you can get mental clarity in your cup of coffee by blending butter, brain octane, and, and your coffee, uh, that is the fastest, most reliable thing that I know. And it's changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives. So I'll tell you to do that. But if you, you're not going to do that, there are a, a couple other things that you can do to, to jolt yourself out of, uh, I'm just, I'm feeling really crappy. If the crappiness came on suddenly, you probably ate something or breathed something or were exposed to a toxin that reduced your body's ability to make energy. Mm. And you can bind toxins in the body. And I don't mean this random, you know, kind of hippie story about toxins. Uh, what, I'm, uh, what I'm talking about there is, uh, is, is literally things that are in your food or in your air that are chemicals that we know about that are well identified. And one of the easiest things to do is activated charcoal. You can take a couple capsules or more. It can be constipating. If you're prone to that, don't take too much. Uh, but anytime I'm like, wow, I felt fine until uh, you know a half hour ago and suddenly like the fog moved in, I will do that. And I do manufacture an activated charcoal. Uh, but it, it's something that's been used for 5,000 plus years in Chinese medicine, in Ayurveda, in South America, uh, indigenous cultures everywhere use it as a, as a gut cleanse. Even if you go to the hospital and you're poisoned, they pump it into your stomach. So this is a, an innocuous substance, but just watch out. It will absorb any prescription medications you take at the same time. And so just, wow, who would have thought that lowering inflammation in the body by sticking to toxins instead of by taking pharmaceuticals could have that effect. Literally, if a muffin top is forming, you take that stuff, sometimes the muffin top stops forming and mm. starts to go away. And it, it's a really fast thing. Even my kids, seven and 10, if we go out to eat and a half hour after we eat, they start going crazy and acting like little hellions instead of the nice, kind humans they really are. <laughs> it's like, hey kids, 
have a little bit of charcoal and you have 15 minutes later, they're back to their normal selves. Like it is so amazing. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a very affordable thing. So interesting. And yes, I love Bulletproof Coffee. I actually live fairly close to the one in um, Santa Monica. So, oh, wow. Our, <laughs> so what are you putting in next door? What was that? It's called Bulletproof Labs. Oh, and we have so cool. all of this gear that I use up here at Bulletproof Labs Alpha at my studio that I've been testing out. One of my favorite pieces of gear that we'll have there is called a Vasper. And the Vasper replaces two and a half hours of cardio with 21 minutes of exercise where you don't sweat. Oh my gosh, and yes please. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're sitting on like a chilled ice pad and there's ice compression uh, ice compression on your arms and your legs and, and it, it's carefully designed but what you're doing is it's a, a moderate intensity cardio workout but because you're controlling temperature and pressure, uh, when you're done, your body gets this signal that's like, oh my goodness, this guy just ran for two and a half hours straight. I need to do all this repair. I need to give him more hormones. Mm -hmm. And because you were cold the whole time, not like shivering cold, but just comfortably cold, all the blood that would have gone to your skin to cool you down, the hyperoxygenated blood, it stays in your organs. So now your brain and your liver and your stomach and your kidneys, all that stuff, they're all super healthy. So you come out of there going, wow, like I feel better than I did when I started. I'm not tired the way I would have mm -hmm. been. So for me, stuff like that, well, that's cool. But that'll be at Bulletproof Labs there along with a whole bunch of other technology that changes the signal that your body gets. Your body doesn't listen to you. These mitochondria in your body listen to everything in the world around you. It's like let's change our environment. Let's change the signal they get so they'll cause us to become younger and to grow stronger and to burn fat and to be more focused. It's all about just confusing them so that they'll do what you want them to do. Mm, I We'll take up residency there. <laughs> that is, I'll just run there <laughs> and Uber back. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. So we talked a little bit about willpower. Um, do you have things around willpower that you recommend that can increase willpower? Absolutely. The first thing to understand about willpower is that willpower is not a mythical thing. Willpower comes from electricity in the body. Every thought you have, every breath you take, everything you do is powered by electrons, the same electrons that power your iPhone. Mm. It's just that 10% of our body weight is our battery system. That's these mitochondria again. And in order to have willpower, it is a finite resource. You do run out of decisions every day. Mm. So one of the things you could do to increase willpower is stop making so many decisions. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest decisions you make is when someone puts a plate of cookies in front of you, if you haven't eaten enough food, you haven't controlled your cravings, every time you say no to a cookie, to the voice in your head, that's a decision. And you could have decided to exercise. You could have decided to, to go to work that day. You could have decided to take the dog for a walk. Whatever good decision you could have made, instead, you just made a decision to not eat the cookie. So here's a radical thought. Move the plate of cookies. <laughs> you, so you go to you go to hotel room they put the snack bar right there so you'll see all the stuff mm -hmm. stick it in the cabinet so every time you walk past it that little ancient system that says eat everything it won't be triggered and it saves those decisions for something better so eat more energy eat more calories but don't eat inflammatory craving causing calories and remove decisions from your life that are unnecessary mm -hmm. Uh, when you do that combination, you have so much more willpower. Uh, th mm -hmm. The other thing to do, Headstrong is all about hacking your mitochondria. How do you make mm -hmm. it so that those the battery in your body holds a charge longer mm -hmm. or so that it makes more energy from your food? And 
that can come from meditation, come from breathing exercises and some of the other simple things. At the end of your shower in the morning, turn the water all the way to cold and let it hit you on your forehead and your chest. Now, you're going to last about 10 seconds if you're like an old person. And then you're going to say, that Dave Asprey guy's a total jerk. But, <laughs> but here's, here's what really happens there. The first day is 10 seconds. The next day, maybe 20 seconds. The third day, you're like, wow, I went probably 30 whole seconds here before I, I got a headache. And I just was like, I have to get out of here. But then by the time the fourth or fifth day rolls around, what used to be this unpleasant thing, you're kind of looking forward to it. And you realize, this doesn't hurt at all. It actually makes me feel really good. And what you're doing is you're telling your body, hey, all of you mitochondria that aren't strong enough to make more heat on demand, you can die. And so your body gets rid of the weak mitochondria and replaces them with strong mitochondria. Strong mitochondria make more electrons, which gives you more willpower. Mm -hmm. So every time you make the system work better, you get a free willpower upgrade and you can use that willpower for personal development to deal with you know, patterns in your life you don't like or to make a healthier food decision or to finally say, all right, I am going to go work out today. Even though I said I wasn't going to go for a walk, I'm actually going to go for a walk. So any upgrade in energy equals an upgrade in willpower equals more energy to improve yourself. Oh man, there's so much to talk about there. So I'm going to um, go with how much do you think when people say this is who I am or this is my genetics that you can overcome or that it's not a part of you through brain hacks, mindset, um, meditation, things like that? The vast majority of genetic things are hackable. Hmm. And the reason for this is something called epigenetics. And my very first book was actually about fertility and pregnancy. My wife's a medical doctor, and she was infertile when I met her. And we used the power of epigenetics to turn her fertility back on. It, simply put, epigenetics is your body listens to the environment around you and changes its gene expression based on that. What we didn't know at the time, and science is really just discovering, is that the part of you that listens to the environment is the mitochondria. And the mitochondria control which genes get turned on or turned off. So make happy, healthy, strong, powerful mitochondria, and they will cause the best genes to be expressed. And those so-called genetic weaknesses aren't going to affect you. So if you have a slightly higher risk of Alzheimer's disease or breast cancer or something, change your environment. And those genes won't get turned on. There are some genes, like the color of your eyes. You actually can change the color of your eyes. There are many documented cases. Usually they're pretty extreme and you don't want to do that. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, your, your mm -hmm. likelihood of going bald, you can change that. But, you know, everyone in my family's bald. I'm not. But, man, I'm doing a lot. I'm not taking Rogaine or any of the drugs, but I'm doing a lot to maintain my biology. So there are propensities. You know, if, if your parents are, are five feet tall, you're probably not going to be seven feet tall. Right? So there are limits, but you can really influence them. And as an adult, uh, you are not a slave to your genes. I love that. I mean, truly, that's that's what I had to grasp onto when I was a teenager. And like you, when you were talking about your story, when you were um, hiding, reading bodybuilding magazines, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture you like that magazine inside of another magazine. Yeah, it's um, like I'm not going to tell my friends I'm reading this because like they just look at me funny. But like, I'm just you know, I'm but... reading the words. I'm just reading the words. I'm not looking at the pictures. And like the world has changed, thankfully. So now no one like I probably all those friends are still are, are now reading them, but. At the time, it, in a farming farming community, yeah, that wasn't what guys did. <laughs> I hear you. I'm from like the woods, so, but yes, I read. I would read all of these fitness magazines, and it was so out of the ordinary where I live too. And people weren't into fitness. Like, why would you go exercise? There are no gyms. It just wasn't what we did. Like 
at all. So I would have my mom buy me all these fitness magazines because it gave me hope that if I did something different than what I was seeing in my family, that I wouldn't have this fate. So for me, just to, to know, I think that's so freeing for people, but at the same time, it's also, it can be really scary, right? Because then you have to become responsible. So <laughs> a re- yeah. responsibility for, for what you do. So did you have a moment of that where you're like, oh, dang, I need to get like super responsible for what I'm doing and look at every area or did it really excite you? It was probably neither one for me. It was more fear. I mean, when I was 26, I bought disability insurance. Mm. I'd had arthritis in my knees since I was 14. I'd been on antibiotics every month for 15 years for chronic sinus infections and and things like that. Like I I was genuinely afraid that I wouldn't be able to continue doing the work that I loved. Uh. Uh, And like I I was not in a good place. So for me, it was like survival. (laughs) And then it became a passion. I'm like, you know what? I've got this. I know what makes me weak. I know my personal kryptonite. Uh, and it turns out the things I, I use to find that are a pattern that everyone can use to find what makes them weak. And there are common patterns, some of which are well known and some of which are almost unknown. Um, but when you just take the time to, for a brief period, eliminate the things that make almost everyone weak, you're like, wow, this is my, this is what I'm supposed to feel. Now I can find out which of these I tolerate, which ones I don't. And it's different for different people. But for me, I've got this. Like I know my system. I can have the energy I have now. And I run circles around uh, people in my company who are 20 years younger than me. Like, like I, I'm like, oh, guys, you want to go to bed? Okay. I, I know it's just 1 a.m. But I, I get it. You need your sleep. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love yeah. that. Okay, that is amazing. So I know that you have a two-week um, program in your book. Can you tell me about what that looks like? Uh, Sure. Uh, One of the first things you do is you eat more polyphenols. And we love to say eat more fruit and veg, almost like fruit and veg are the same thing. It's like, no, vegetables are sources of vitamins and fiber and not much energy in them. Uh, Mm. But uh, fruits, unfortunately, are dessert. And I wish it wasn't so. But uh, so you eat a lot more vegetables and you cover everything in herbs and spices, real herbs and spices, because it turns out those are the highest polyphenol foods out there. Mm. So you radically increase your intake of oregano and rosemary and thyme and fennel and turmeric and whatever other spices you like. And that makes a, a surprising difference. At the same time, you lower toxins. You don't eat anything fried. You get rid of seed oils. You eat more butter, coconut oil, uh, some grass-fed meat, but this is not a high-protein diet. Uh, It's a high vegetable, high fat, moderate protein, but very high quality protein diet. And you do other things like before you go to bed, you dim the lights in your house. Uh, There's a a kind of glasses uh, that I I invested in that made a huge difference to my sleep quality. It's called True Dark Glasses. And you might consider using these or at least turning off LED lights as soon as the sun goes down because LED lights radically suck energy from your brain and they ruin your sleep. So when you wake up the next morning, you're going to have more sugar cravings because you didn't get the recovery you were supposed to get at night. So I I teach you in the book, here's simple, cheap changes to make in your environment so that your body will repair itself more and give you more energy every day. And other things, there's two kinds of exercise that, that science shows increase your mitochondrial function. And it's not what most people think. You don't have to go for a long run every day. In fact, that's probably not good for you. (laughs) There's increasing evidence that that isn't uh, the way you want to live a long time. So what you do is you go for a walk of 20 minutes or more every day. Just a walk, not a a run or a sprint or anything like that. Uh, you, You can go for a longer walk if you want to, but you don't have to. 
And then once or twice a week, you either do sprints or you lift really, really heavy things quickly until you can't do it anymore. And you do that for just 15 minutes. And the, the interesting science here is that one set of research says this 20 minutes a day thing encourages mitochondria to grow and be strong. And the other one says when you do those really intense activities, it kills the weak mitochondria so they, they are replaced by strong ones. Mm. And when you do those kinds of things, and you also maybe try intermittent fasting, uh, which is uh, something that I've been, I've read about in the Bulletproof Diet as well. Intermittent fasting is, look, you don't have to cut your calories, but you skip breakfast mm -hmm. and you have a late lunch, a big late lunch and, and a good sized dinner, but before it's dark. And then you, you, you don't do that again until the next day. You, know, you do the same thing. And all of a sudden you realize I ate all of my food for the day in a six or an eight hour window, but I wasn't hungry in the morning because I had my bulletproof coffee in the morning or I even I ate nothing in the morning. And when you do that, you're like, wow, like I'm suddenly leaner. Like my, I don't have that muffin top and my brain works better. And how could this be? Well, it turns out the timing of when you eat is really important. So I put all that into a two week program that says, you know, do these things. You don't have to do everything, but do most of them. Just shift the needle in the right direction and see how you feel. Mm, I'm so glad that's in there because that's actually literally exactly how I eat. And oh, so cool. many people have been asking me how I do it. So you guys just go get, <laughs> go do his two week plan. You can read all about it, but it is, it has been game changing for me. I think I've done it for about a year and a half now. Um, nice. and Dave, I was that person who was like, you cannot take breakfast away from me. Like I was angry about it. <laughs> and, um, but my friend, you want, this is like, this is exactly how I got into it. So I have this friend who goes to, she lives in Spain part-time and she's drinking wine and eating pasta and she's still got a six pack. And I was like, how in the hell is she still doing this? I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm intermittent fasting. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to try it. Cause I'm totally motivated by wine and pasta and six packs. So <laughs> I gave it a try. And you know, the first month was challenging, but, um, I did some bulletproof coffee as well in the mornings. And that was what first got me going to do it because I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I look forward to it. It's really amazing. I feel like I'm eating a meal actually. So yeah, it was huge. So thanks for that. You're, you're so welcome. And I also did plain intermittent fasting. Uh, when I was creating Bulletproof Coffee, I, I looked at the science and I'm like, wait, no one's ever talked about a Bulletproof intermittent fast, but you are getting calories in the morning, but there's no mm -hmm. protein and there's no sugar. So your insulin is stable and third parties have verified there's no change in insulin from Bulletproof coffee. Mm -hmm. And you have no protein uh, manufactured, no protein enzymes in the body to digest things. So the body largely thinks you're still fasting, but I was having a hard time because if I didn't eat breakfast, uh, then around 11, 1130, I'm working in Silicon Valley and you have meetings and you start getting a little bit cranky, a little bit hangry. And mm -hmm it's not a high performance day. And, and if you're a fitness celebrity and all you do is, you know, exercise and all that or great, but a lot of us have jobs. And for me, Bulletproof Coffee in the morning was like, I'm still seeing the benefits, but now I have like limitless energy. And once I did that for a while, now I can intermittent fast with or without Bulletproof Coffee and like my body set up that way, but it, mm -hmm. it did really help me get into it. Yeah, that was, that was huge for me. Just being able to, I think it's just, you're kind of addicted to the ritual in the beginning. You don't realize yeah. it. It's just the act of like hand to mouth or something <laughs> going into your body. So yeah, that was really, really huge for me. The, so oh, there is ahead. a warning though, uh, for, for women in particular, my first book was about fertility, right? Mm -hmm. So I find that intermittent fasting every single day mm -hmm. is rough on everyone and particularly on women and women over age 40 
quite often they need some protein in the morning. So you might intermittent fast one or two days a week and the other days like have some protein and some fat in the morning, but for God's sake, don't have a bunch of fruit and a croissant mm -hmm. because you will have cravings all day long. Mm -hmm. I think what I've kind of, and that's the beautiful thing about, I think, playing with this and kind of finding what works for you is, uh, you know, some days I eat at 10 and some days I eat at one. It's kind of like, how do I yeah. feel and what's going on and how's my energy? So, but I wouldn't have been able to do that before because I just wasn't in tune. It was kind of like I was living off of habit, you know? Just yeah. eat now, eat now, especially in the fitness world. I was just like, eat every two to three hours. Oh my God, I, I just can't eat this much protein. <laughs> so it was a totally different way of being, but I love, love, love it. And my energy and clarity is like, I'm actually writing a book right now and it's like a, insane how much uh, clarity and energy I have in the morning when I just am intermittent fasting. So it's it, beautiful. It, it's liberating. And, and yeah. people who haven't experienced this like you, I was horribly offended at the thought of skipping breakfast you know, 15 <laughs> yes. years ago. I'm like, are you kidding? I might die. Oh, like, totally. like, I need <laughs> breakfast. I have to eat every three or four hours. I carry these little bars with me. Like, <laughs> if I don't, like, like I'll, I'll run out of energy. And the truth <laughs> was, I would, but it's because I was biologically unhealthy. And and a, a normal, healthy animal in the wild doesn't eat on a regular basis. They can't because they didn't kill something that day or there wasn't enough grass or they had to go to the foraging thing. So we are wired to go for 24 hours without food on a regular basis. And when you do, it causes your body to start fixing itself. And, mm -hmm. and if you can go 24 hours without food without feeling like you're going to die, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I feel better and I didn't have to suffer. Okay, I'll do that. Dave, can you tell me the importance of sleep and how to get better sleep? Oh, yeah. I am so tired of people saying, get more sleep. Like, what a cop out. Like, <laughs> no, get better sleep. Mm. So I, over the last 1,600 days that I've been monitoring with my current system, I, I switched from a different sleep monitoring system. Yes, I'm a geek. Um, <laughs> I, get, I get six hours and five minutes of sleep a night. Wow. And... If I'm doing all the stuff in Headstrong, particularly those true dark glasses, those glasses double the amount of deep sleep I get per night. It, wow. it is truly amazing. And so I can get two hours of deep sleep and two hours of REM sleep and less light sleep. So I, I wake up feeling really, really good. Like I wake up naturally after six hours. I used to need eight or ten hours. And, and what's going on here is that we're wasting time with ineffective, inefficient sleep. It, it's the same thing with exercise. Look, if a half hour of, of the right exercise does more for your body than two hours of the wrong exercise, more exercise isn't better, the right exercise is best, and the right sleep is best. And so what you do there is generally don't eat after dark unless you tend to wake up at three or four in the morning wide awake. That's a cortisol problem, and there are things I write about in Headstrong, things on the Bulletproof blog, that you can do right before bed. Uh, a very small snack of two different, two different varieties to work for different people. And those can, can fix that sleep problem. But for the most part, it's all about light exposure. So there's something called true dark dots. These are little dots that you put over every LED light in your house because these blue and green LEDs and particularly LED light bulbs and the screen on your phone and your computer, your big screen TV, even your microwave oven, all of those send specific spectrums of light into sensors in your eyes that are responsible for telling your body to stay awake. And all it takes is a few seconds of exposure. Like when you get up and turn on the light in the bathroom, 
your sleep is dead for the night. You'll go back to sleep, but you won't get the quality you need. So darkness really matters. Good quality blackout curtains that keep those LED streetlights completely out of your bedroom, your body can't regulate itself when it's getting light when you sleep. We're supposed to be sleeping in caves, not in LED lit artificial worlds. I'm like crazy about this now. Ever since I heard you say it for the first time, I literally have like the ugliest tape over all of my stuff. <laughs> my husband is let like, me, can we upgrade the tape? <laughs> let me, let me send you some true dark dots. Like I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm an investor in the company and, and stuff, but like these are dots that, that have the optical filters in them. So you can still see if the device is turned on, but the mm. light that comes out of it won't disrupt your sleep. And they're round or square and they're die cut and they actually look like they're part of your appliance. Because the same thing, everything in my house had like ugly electrical tape on it and it looks like crap, but at least you sleep, you can do better. So I, I actually, it was a lot of work to make those and to get the, to make the glasses, but it totally like it makes a difference i wouldn't i wouldn't be so dorky if it didn't work no i swear it makes a difference i am if there's one thing about me like when I, whenever people are like oh i feel this way or that way i'm like tell me about your sleep yes <laughs> i need to know what's going on there because it is such a big deal especially when i travel like everything is covered i just I, i'm always going to make sure because i wake up that is the number one most impactful thing okay maybe number two outside of food but if i don't sleep well i just I am a totally different person, like crabby, not high performing. And when I feel well, it's, it's like you're, you know, you're living two different lives. So it's one of the biggest things is, is sleeping. And then before I go to bed now, because of, you know, everything that I've heard and read, it's like, I'm turning off the lights. I'm only reading by certain lights and I'm reading different books and, or I'm reading books before I go to bed, just because it makes such a huge difference on how well I sleep too. The, the other thing that I found made a big difference, I suspect you probably know this too, is that when you wake up, really matters. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, there's a book called The Power of When, at W-H-E-N. And 15% of us are wired to be the, the night guard. And we get our most effective work done in the middle of the night. And 15% of us are wired to wake up really early and we're like the morning shift. And then most of us are wired to like do stuff during the day. And then this other 15% of us are wired to never sleep very well because we're like the backup plan. And when we lived in caves, you needed like, it's our job <laughs> to yeah. make sure that nothing comes in to eat the tribe at night and that nothing does it early in the morning. And, and so we're still wired that way. So if you know your natural sleep and wake time, there is no rule that says the person who wakes up at 5 a.m. is morally superior to the person who wakes up at 9 a.m. Mm. Uh, in fact, you could argue that the early bird works for the late bird. And just saying, no. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's one of those things where mm. like, neither one is better or worse. I made myself wake up at 5 a.m. every day for two years. And I got good at it, but it's not natural for my biology. So knowing when to wake up and then waking up at the top of a sleep cycle really helps. Mm. So my alarm listens for my movements and it's on my iPhone. Always sleep with your phone in airplane mode and the screen dimmed and all that kind of stuff. Don't don't get text messages and all. But I tell it, wake me up in this 20-minute window and figure out when I'm already almost awake and then gently wake me. Mm. What a difference versus being jolted out of like a dreaming state. If I'm going to have a bad day, man, you know, have a flying kid wake me up in the, the middle of a deep sleep cycle, I'm just not myself the whole day. Mm, totally. So what do you use to do that? Is there an app that you use? Yeah, there's a variety of apps out there. One of my favorites uh, comes from a company called Pavlock that also has a 
a wristband that has some other habit change stuff built into it. And there's a program called Sleep Cycle um, that, that's quite affordable um, that'll run, I think, on Android and certainly on the iPhone. And it, it literally just uses the microphone. It's not the world's most detailed sleep analysis, but it's enough. And I have a ring called the Aura Ring, mm-hmm. O-U-R-A, that does more detailed sleep analysis. But really, all you need is the app on your iPhone. Otherwise, take your phone and put it out of your bedroom. Uh, for a lot of people, that improves sleep quality. But if it's in your room, trust me on this, you must put it in airplane mode. And there's two reasons. One, if you know in your subconscious that your phone might ding, someone might be texting you, you won't sleep deeply because part of you will always be listening to it. Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, is that the EMF from your cell phone does affect mitochondrial function. Your mitochondria, we know they sense these spectrums, and we know these spectrums inhibit your ability to make energy. It's to the point that after writing a book on fertility, I have a, a hard policy for myself. Do not keep my cell phone next to my junk. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't put my phone in my front pocket. I have not mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. I only buy pants that have a pocket by my, uh, by my right thigh mm-hmm. where I can put my cell phone there. Mm-hmm. So for the last three years, I keep it there. And I did as part of the research for Headstrong, I did a whole body high resolution bone density scan. And something scary, right where the cell phone sits, I have 10% less bone density on my femur, on my right leg, which is my dominant leg. It should be higher density than my left leg. It's not. And only where the phone is. Mm. Whoa. That so freaks me out, man, because I run with my phone on my back. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot. So Get, a, get an armband or a yeah. leg band. So at least if you're going to be radiating part of your body, yeah. um, put it there. And the other thing is, you know, when you're running, you're not going to mm-hmm. take a call. Yeah. So like, like put it in airplane mode. You can still listen to music that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, it's these simple things. <laughs> See, I do, I, I do these podcasts for me. It's, 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 it's selfish. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but really, okay. Um, so you are so committed to what you do. I so admire that about you and what you learn. I love that you immediately love to turn around and teach everyone else. It's so exciting. I can see that um, about you. So what is the toughest thing that you've had to let go of or move past in order to fulfill your dreams and mission? You know, one of the things that, that motivated me for the first really uh, first 30 years of my life maybe a little bit more, was, was actually fear of failure. Mm. So, so you can start a company, you can do great things because you're running away from failure. It just, your life sucks when you do that and you're never happy. Mm. <laughs> so to teach myself to not care what other people think of me at all, mm. like what other people think of me is none of my business, and to just genuinely get there. Uh, the more successful you get, the more uh, trolls and haters you get. And I... I've read the research. 4% of people are wired to be sociopaths or psychopaths, and they're very verbose about it. So as I got to be more successful, you get these like haters who are just like saying the worst things, and you're like, what's going on here? And then I realized this amazing thing. It takes a hater like five minutes to like say a bunch of mean lies about you, mm-hmm. and it takes you half a second to click ban and delete, and then you <laughs> never hear from them again. Like, I always win. <laughs> so... <laughs> That is ma- that's so simple and so amazing. <laughs> that's totally my theory as well. I'm like, just don't even read it. Just get rid of it. 
and it's not that I can't handle criticism. I, yeah. I love when people are like, Dave, I have a question. Like, I don't agree with your science. Here's why. I'm like, oh my God, here's a smart person. And when someone yeah. comes up and says, you're a con artist and a bad person and you smell like cheese. It's like, delete, <laughs> like whatever. I, I don't what care. What kind of cheese? Cause that can be good. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> you're like, hmm, there is good in this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Amazing. So what has gotten better because of letting go of it? I mean, kind of an obvious question, but what have you, what ha has come into your life that maybe has been so great you didn't even know these blessings were on the other side? There's a couple things. Uh, one is uh, there's a sense of ease. Mm -hmm. And I, I always thought, I, uh, you know, if you struggle, you're a good person. Mm -hmm. And I have removed struggle from my life. Mm -hmm. And struggling is what, uh, if you ever seen someone take a, a puppy for a walk, the, mm -hmm. the puppy will lay on its back and dig in and it won't follow the person. That's struggle. Okay, It's unnecessary. It is not beneficial. And if you look at what a service dog does, it walks with its, its master and it stops when it's supposed to stop. It goes when it's supposed to go. right? And it'll work really, really hard. In fact, it'll work so hard until it can't work anymore. But it'll do the work without struggle. And it still might not do everything it's supposed to do, but we're the same way. So for me, I have a sense of ease where I'm not carrying a burden. I'm not struggling, which allows two things to happen. One, it allows me to just get more stuff done, stuff that I wanted to do, stuff that I cared about mm -hmm. while expending less effort because I'm not struggling. I'm not doing the inner resistance thing. So working hard is good, but struggling is different than working hard. Mm -hmm. And being willing to fail is really important. And when you have that vibe, the most amazing people will appear in your life wanting to help. And I'm, I, I am completely blown away that when I, I brought that energy into my life and I, I brought it into my writing, into my research, in, into my, my passion for sharing this, I, I've literally had billionaires, mm. billionaires email me and say, hey, Dave, can we have lunch? I'm like, did this just happen? Like, really? And then you sit down and, and like the most helpful, amazing people who are like, I, you know, I, I, I use your stuff and let me introduce you to this other guy and, and, and stuff happened even for me to become a, a New York times bestselling author. I was going to self publish my book because my first book didn't do that well. I'm like, I, I don't know. And I, I mentioned to, uh, to Rick Rubin, who is, is a, an amazing music producer and just a, a, a gem of a human being. Uh, and, and. I didn't actually know who he was when he reached out. I like heard his name, but uh, I, I got to know him. And he said, oh, you want to do a book? And he just made one phone call uh, to the right person. And it set like all these dominoes in motion. And like three weeks later, I had a book deal with a major publisher that was really meaningful. And that was for the Bulletproof Diet. And like he didn't do it for any reason other than like just a, a sincere desire to help people who are doing interesting work. And and I've just come across hundreds of people from all walks of life who are like, how can I help? And I didn't always experience that. And I think when you, when you struggle less and you have a, a mission and a sincere desire to help, the biggest change is that amazing people show up at the right time and help move the ball forward. So I'm, mm. I'm just grateful every day for that. Mm. Preach. That is so good. I'm so glad that you shared that. That is so incredibly powerful. And I feel the same way. It's insane how we can, when we stop feeling like we have to force something or manipulate or this has to happen or this is my plan, it's like you kind of let it go. And like you said, that attitude of how can I help? That is just, that's so beautiful. And then all of a sudden the world just kind of opens up for you. So thank you so much for sharing that. So where can we find and get your book, especially because it has the two week plan in it? 
you can go to anywhere books are sold. It, it's in most uh, Barnes and Nobles right now. It's certainly on Amazon. Uh, I'd be happy to send you a copy if you go to bulletproof.com and pick up some bulletproof coffee and some of the brain octane oil that turns off craving or some of the sleep mode. Uh, it's, it's available pretty much all over the place. And it, I, I was truly, truly blown away because uh, the Bulletproof Diet hit the New York Times list, which is an incredible honor for any author and, and a dream. <laughs> But Headstrong also hit the the list, but there's different lists. And one is like the the weekly advice and how-to, and, and a lot of people hit that list. And it's still a huge honor. But last month, I got an email from my publisher that said, Dave, you're back on the list. But it was the monthly science bestseller list. Wow. And I was there between like Sapiens and Homo Deus and The Undoing Project and like these really big like cerebral books. Like wow. I, I showed my wife and she's like, Dave, you realize – five of the best books I've read in the last year are on that list and they're not yours. Wow. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Like, so <laughs> stuff like that can happen. And I, uh, so I would just recommend for people listening. If you, if you have four hours of your time, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of my time went into that book mm -hmm. for you to get four hours out of it. And any author worth their salt is putting that kind of investment in. So there is no greater return on investment for your time mm -hmm. uh, than reading a book from someone who's really uh, put together something uh, thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And it's more than a podcast, including even your amazing podcast or, mm -hmm. or mine. Mm -hmm. it, it's the best return you'll ever get is comes from reading. And the best thing you can do is say thanks to an author, go to Amazon and leave a review. Mm -hmm. Like I read every review on there and, and that helps me know I'm making a difference. So th that's what matters mm -hmm. is your time. And if you got something for your time, just gratitude is the way you say thanks. Mm, I love that. And we'll link everything up in the show notes as well. Thank you. And I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you for the work that you do. You're impacting so many lives. And and honestly, you can't hear it enough. I think it's so important and it's so vital. And you're changing um, you know, the way that people are living and thinking. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. I so appreciate you. And likewise, Lori, thank you for all of your time and your work. And thanks for having me on your show. Mm, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.